Good evening and welcome to eChat. I'm so glad that you have joined us on this Sunday evening and we are excited about the topic that we have to discuss and we are so glad that you have joined us. We want you to just feel free to uh, submit your questions or your comments and we want it to be informative and interactive and inspirational. And tonight we are joined with two other ministers that I think you're gonna be really blessed by what they have to say. We are joined tonight with uh, Bishop Myers, uh, who is also my father and has been a minister and pastor and a bishop for many, many years. And uh, we'll be celebrating his 85th birthday in July. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. How are you doing, Bishop? I'm doing good. Yeah. You look great. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one dressed up tonight. The rest of us are... <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> I said, Bishop, do you want to take off your tie? He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's right. So we're so excited to have Bishop with us. And then also we're very happy to have uh, Dylan Morgan, yes. who's an evangelist. And uh, he's been working with us here for a few weeks at East Wind. He's going to be with us uh, for a few more months. And it's already been a great blessing. So uh, we welcome you. Uh, Brother Morgan as well. So thanks for being here with us. Very great to be here. So we just encourage you to uh, to just join in, and uh, as you join in, we'll uh, we'll attempt to get your questions and to incorporate them into uh, our discussion uh, tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about prayer. We're going to start out talking about prayer, but we also want to cover uh, the idea of generational differences. We have uh, Brother Morgan, who is in his twenties. And myself, I'm in my 50s, and my father, of course, in his 80s. And so we have three different uh, generational perspectives about ministry and about what it means to uh, be able to have that, that relationship with God that allows us to be not just ministers, but to be Christians and to sustain us through difficult times like we're in right now with this pandemic. So we want to just jump in here tonight and get started. I want to start with asking you a question, Bishop. Uh, one of the things that we have seen through this pandemic is a, uh, a desire from people to really have uh, their prayers to be more effective. What would be your suggestion to people that are watching as to how their prayer life could be more effective uh, during this season that we're in? Well, I think number one, the Bible speaks very much about prayer. And it really mentions that we should be very forward about calling on the Lord, reaching out to the Lord, praying to God, talking to Him about our situations mm. and our problems and difficulties. And if we will do that, God will definitely answer our prayers. I believe that with all of my heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that this is a time and day today, if people will reach out to, to Christ, the Lord will hear their prayers. Absolutely. And there's a lot of scriptures that up to support that, uphold that. Right. When we talk about prayer, what specifically is a is a good way do you think for people to pray? Well, the Bible says I got a couple of verses here, scriptures I read to you. One says, uh, "And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask, shall ask anything in my name, I will do it." Mm. That's a powerful statement. Right. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So number one there, we have to be aware that we have to ask in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Ask in the name of Jesus. And if we will do that, God will answer our prayers. The interesting thing about that, he said, if you'll ask anything, I will do it. Over in another verse of Scripture, when he mentions that, he talks about uh, doing that, uh, 
praying to the Father, he says it this way. Mm-hmm. He said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he, he will give it to you. Wow. Give it to you. Right. One is I will do it, and the other is I will give it to you. Yes, sir. So he's talking about things that we are wanting God to do and things that we're asking God that we need are things that we would like for him to give us. Yes, so both things are covered here in these in these scriptures here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so he says, goes on to this 24th verse here. I'm looking here in the 16th chapter of St. John. He said, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Mm. So the Lord wants us to be full of joy and happiness in walking with God. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Now, when you talk about asking, do you see that asking as sort of a trigger mechanism? You you know, the Bible talks about that. We have not because we ask not. Yes. Um, Do you see that asking is something that maybe we're sometimes reluctant to do, or Mm. is there an abundance of asking? I think that we need to ask in the right way. If mm-hmm. I can just take a moment and just talk about that, uh, being able to ask as God would would have us to ask Him. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Now, I just read a couple of verses of Scripture out of St. John. This is found in 1 John. This is the epistle of John, first, first epistle. Okay. And I'm reading here in 1 John 3.22. Here's what it says. And whatsoever ye ask, ye receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Mm. So I'm reading that to say that I think it's important that we keep his commandments, that we live for God, we serve him, we walk with him, and that we please him in all that we do. And if we will do that, I honestly believe with all my heart that God will answer our prayers and he will meet our needs. Praise God. Amen. So Amen. the Bible teaches us to do that. He also says, I'm reading the verse over the next uh, chapter here, a couple of chapters, 1 John 5, 14. And this is how he says it. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will. Now that's mm. an important thing. Okay. According to his will. Mm. So his will has to be involved. Uh, he heareth us. And the will of God, of course, is that we do the things that are pleasing to him, that we walk with God and serve the Lord and so forth. It's not that God has a real hard, you know, you can't receive anything because it's not my will type thing. But I think it cannot be just frivolous things. It's got to be things that pertain to the kingdom of God and things that are important in life. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So I just throw that out for whatever it's worth there. You know, I was thinking as you were mentioning that verse and that phrase, according to his will, I was thinking about Romans also refers to that. All things work together for good. That's right. And always in the Old Testament, we see where the Lord has that as a um, sort of a condition that, you know, if you will follow my word, if you will keep my commandments, then all of these things will happen. Yes. So is that part that says according to his will, is that referring specifically to keeping his commandments or is yeah. it broader than that? Oh, I think it's I think it's a little I think it's a little a broader, question. but I think basically it's about living for God, keeping his will, doing the things that are right. And if we do that, we are keeping the will of God, doing okay. the will of God. And if we will do that, I think God will honor our efforts and he will mm. he's promised in his word <clears throat> that he will do it. Now, on top of that, he says seek with all your heart. And he says, seek, I mean, believing. And he says, seek fervently. He has a, you know, a position about that about uh, to us. In other words, seek God uh, intensely. 
And uh, he says, Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Mm -hmm. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, Knock at the door. It shall be opened unto you. And so all these things is to let us know that God really wants us to pursue him with effort. effort. Praise the Lord. And God has given us these promises and he's worth. Here's an interesting point that I'll bring out. Uh, This is mentioned in Luke, I think it is, if I could just point it out. In Matthew, he talks about that God will give us these things if we ask him. But over in Luke chapter 11, uh, I think it's 11, 13, he says the same thing in Luke, only he ends it differently. Now look at what he says in the 13th verse here of Luke's 11. If ye then, being evil, know how to uh, give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So this is a verse of scripture that's encouraging people to ask God for the Holy right. Spirit. Right. So what I'm trying to say, our Holy Ghost, same thing, Spirit and Ghost. It's, uh, it's a, ghost is the old English word, as we all well know. Yeah. So the point here is that if we will ask God, and we don't have the Holy Ghost, if we will ask God for it, God will give it to us. Mm. And he says here, knock, uh, seek, you know, he says that I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth. Mm-hmm. And he that seeketh findeth. And to mm-hmm. him that knocketh it shall be opened unto mm-hmm. him. And so forth. So I'm just giving you an example wow. here how God really wants us to be very diligent about mm-hmm. seeking the face of God. That's really good. Praise and of course, God. we seek him through yeah. prayer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we were talking with Bishop Myers and also with uh, Evangelist Dylan Morgan. We're so glad to see some of you joining online. Uh, we give a shout out to uh, Wes and Robin and Karen and Kim and Fred Codhouse. Fred, it is so good to, to see that you are online. We love you. Think of you often. And I'm so glad you joined us. Uh, I remember whenever we spoke down at your church dedication in Fort Pierce. So, Fred, we're so glad you're here. Allison, Raymond, uh, Ludney, uh, Pamela, Meyer, Leisure, also Margot. We give a shout-out to our Lake City friends, Kevin Veely, uh, Jerry Kay, Beverly Reed, uh, Christina, uh, Jessica. There's so many of our friends that are joining online, and we're so glad that you are joining. Feel free to uh, ask any uh, questions, uh, Bishop or uh, uh, Brother Morgan or anything at all that Uh, you want to ask them. We're talking a little bit here at the beginning of our broadcast tonight on prayer. And uh, as we're talking about prayer, um, Brother Morgan, I wanted to ask you, you know, for your generation, a lot of uh, prayer is geared around warfare prayer. Right. right. Now, what can you explain a little bit in terms of how your generation sees warfare prayer as being a very distinctive type of prayer? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I think when we go into that warfare prayer, uh, I personally go to Ephesians when it begins to talk about, you know, putting on the armor of God and it begins to talk about, uh, you know, entering into that moment. Uh, but uh, one of the things that I, I really focus on when, when I begin to look at Ephesians is it begins to talk about how we war, you know, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities mm-hmm. and powers and Wickedness and high play. When we begin to think about those things and talk about those things, uh, I automatically go to where it says that when we know not what to pray, the Spirit begin to make intercession 
for us. It begins to, to go to war on our behalf. Mm. So for me, spiritual warfare, and this is just my opinion, um, and like I, I was thinking about this a few seconds ago, I, I think uh, I probably have the least to say out of this group here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, but um, I, for my generation, I feel like we know that when we go into war, that we enter into that season of intercession, and it, and it's just that that deep gut yes. prayer where it's it's not about saying the right thing, it's not about sounding pretty, it's not about having the perfect prayer, but it's getting to that point with God where you just say, "All right, I know what I'm up against. I don't know how to pray against it." And when you just yield yourself to that that level mm. of intercession where the Spirit is going to work on your behalf. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of us are learning right now is that warfare, that that deep internal, mm. God, I don't know what to say. I, I Especially right now, I, you know, I, I want to make it relevant to where we're at yeah. against this, this enemy, the invisible enemy, as our president has called it. There's a lot of times where we begin to enter into that moment in prayer and we're like, God, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray it. I don't know how to phrase the right sentence. Maybe this is just me. But when I hit that wall... And I feel that that just begin to bubble in my spirit. I know, okay, God's calling me to war right now. God's calling me to pray beyond myself, to pull down things that are not just flesh. I'm no longer praying through my flesh. Because before, in my opinion, before we ever get through that to that place of warfare prayer, we got to get beyond our flesh. Mm-hmm. Repentance. We got to get through the, the earthly man. Right. And then once we get through that earthly man, that spirit just begins to pray on our behalf and to me that's what warfare prayer is for my generation we've got to learn to get beyond the flesh and into that moment where we just say i don't have to sound good i don't have to have the right words in prayer this is about the spirit going where i can't go and doing what i can't do you know one of the things that we've seen through this pandemic this coronavirus time of social distancing and uh, you know shelter at home and all of these different things one of the things that we've heard as we've attempted to be online as often as possible is that people are really wanting a stronger relationship with God. Right? Yes, sir. And people are looking for that. And I believe in a lot of ways, this has been a very unique time for people to really sure. dig deep and yes, see sir. if they do have a relationship with God. Right. More so than with the church, more so with all of the other surroundings of Christianity, but whether or not we actually have a relationship with God. So in that context, how do you see that our prayer should be during this time? Should it be more relational prayer than warfare prayer? Uh, absolutely. So, um, and this is something that the Lord began to deal with me last night as I began to try to prepare for this session. And um, I really felt that he said, I'm not so much trying to birth that warfare prayer, but just like, so with Elijah, he was... He was, you know, he was underneath the juniper tree. He had just received this threat from Jezebel, and and he's mm-hmm. he's being sent out of fear right. into seclusion. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as I begin to draw parallels into this moment, we have been sent by fear, right? Fear of this virus, fear of things that are going on, into this season of quarantine or seclusion. We're in our homes. Uh, We should probably be sitting six foot apart, you know, joking. (laughs) We've all been sterilized. Don't worry. (laughs) But, but, you know, we've all, um, we've been sent to this seclusion because of fear. So that's what drove Elijah into the cave. 
And then he's into the cave and the Bible says that the Lord spoke to him. And when he spoke to him, he understood and recognized through his relationship, I believe, through his previous times. I mean, he's a prophet of God. He knew what the voice of God sounded mm-hmm. like. So God speaks to him. And out of that relationship that he had already had, he hears the voice of God. Right. And he's elevated out of the cave. Right. Okay, so now he's standing on top of the mountain. So elevation, in my opinion, is only led through relationship. There's a lot of young guys my age. We want elevation in the movement. We want elevation in our walk with God. We want that only comes through that relationship. That's exactly. You right. can't expect elevation. You can't. There's only one person that should be opening doors, and his name's Jesus. Right. We shouldn't be looking to men and politics and things like that to open doors for us. Mm-hmm. But when we develop that relationship, it was through him understanding. Okay, this is God talking to me. He went from seclusion and elevated himself to the top of the mountain. So he's at the top of the mountain. Then we begin to see the earthquake, the fire, the strong wind. And this is really what the Lord began to minister to me about last night. Our relationship with God cannot be determined about big moments of emotion. I think for a lot of, a lot of people my age, we get into a, a powerful service and we have powerful moves of God. And I'm so thankful for it. But those moments where we feel the shaking power of God should lead us to say, okay, now I need to hear your voice for direction. Mm. Because it was after those big moments, he gets the direction. Okay, there's a king you need to anoint. There's a prophet you need to anoint. There's things I have for you to do after this. Right. We need the big moments to lead us to say, okay, God, you weren't in the fire. You weren't in the wind. You weren't in the earthquake. I heard you. I felt you pass by because that's what the Bible says. He passed by him. Mm -hmm. I felt you go by. Yeah. So now I need that direction. And that's where our relationship Mm -hmm. comes into play. He understood this is God talking to me. And that's to me is relationship. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. So what is it that makes us his sheep? What is this that makes us a part of his flock when we can hear the voice of God and know that it's him speaking. And this was the next phrase, then they follow me. Mm-hmm. I did a quick study on that word follow, and I learned that it meant they are close by. So when you have that relationship with God, he can speak to you and you're so close to him. Mm-hmm. He knows you're nearby. You're going to hear his voice and you're going to say, okay, I know this is God telling me to go here, telling me to do that. And I completely believe that one of the main things that God is trying to do in this season is lead us to a deeper relationship. I would hate for this pandemic to end, Brother Myers, and not be able to say, I heard the still small voice of God in this season. Mm. For me personally, not talking for anybody else, I don't want this season for the church to end and me leave it saying, I'm not closer to God and I don't know his voice. I want to leave here saying, I understand those things. Wow, that is so good. That is so rich. Praise God. That is excellent. You know, I was thinking, um, as Brother Morgan was speaking, uh, Bishop, how that, you know, we felt um, a few weeks ago that this is a season where God really wants us to seek Him. Yes. So that He would be the one to give us a miracle. That's right. So many times we look to man and we look to medicine and we look to all these other opportunities around us, but... Indeed, God is the one who has the vaccination. So my question to you is, for us to really maximize this moment that we're in, should we be praying 
for God to give us a solution to do the miraculous to deliver us from this plague or should we rather be praying God show me how that I can take advantage of this opportunity to share the gospel with my friends and neighbors and others in other words should we be seeking God for a solution or for strength in the midst of the journey I think we should be seeking the Lord for how God wants to use us just what you were just saying in this time and day in which we're living uh, as things are developing the way they are I think God wants to use the church in a yeah. very special way today. Amen. And, uh, and, and Brother Dillon, you're right. Uh, God is, I believe, raising up this younger generation mm -hmm. and giving them some insight and understanding about what their ministry and their work for God is to be, done, is to be in these last days. Amen. And I think God wants to use the church in a greater way than he's ever used us before. Right. I believe that. And I believe that it's going to take us seeking the face of God. This is why prayer is so important. Right. Amen. If the church will begin to really pray mm -hmm. as individuals, and we develop that relationship with yeah. Jesus very close, Amen. and we become very close to Jesus and begin to pray and seek the Lord, there's no telling what God will do. Right. But mm -hmm. God is doing great things. I, I just heard, in fact, I heard, I heard it, I think, today. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure on the story. But it's a brother who had coronavirus, if I understand it correctly, up in Indiana. Okay. And they put him, he was failing and he was going to die and he went into a coma and they put him on the respiratory, respirator system, for, you know. And they just, they just get out of the room, he's there by himself, you know what I mean. And he, 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 went, on a, he went unconscious. And uh, mm. he said later, he woke up. And there was two men standing beside him. My goodness. Wow. And he said he looked at those men and he looked at them and they just stood there as though they were there for him. Wow. And he says, then I went back into the coma. And then sometime later, he came out of it. And he said, and he's getting okay. He's well. He's, he's wow. healed from it. Or he passed. He, did, he didn't die. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't heard all the story, but this is the Pentecostal brother. This wow. is an apostolic Pentecostal brother of the United Pentecostal Church. And I want to get more of the detail on it, but I just heard about it this morning. Mm. And uh, I'm just saying that I believe God wants to do these things. Mm. Yes, sir. But he wants us to seek him, that yes, we may sir. call on him and seek the Lord that God may do it. Let me give you a verse of scripture here Absolutely. that God impressed me with just not long ago. And this is what it is. This is one found over in James. James. And this is in James chapter 5 and verse 14. And this is a very familiar verse of scripture, but look at the, look, I'm going to read 14, 15, and 16. Look what it says here. James 5, 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We all know that we do that. Right. Okay, look at verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. Praise God. I'm thankful for that. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Well, that's a double blessing. God yes, is just really wanting to answer our prayers. But look at the next verse, the 16th. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now that's a powerful verse of scripture. Effectual fervent prayer. Yes, That's not now. I lay my lay, I lay me down to sleep and pray, Lord, my soul to keep it. That's not that kind of prayer, right. you know. 
I, I don't yeah. think Elijah prayed that way when he was under. I don't think so. I mean, so. effectual <laughs> further prayer means we got to get a hold of God. Yes, sir. Right. And I believe that if each one of us mm. will have that kind of a determination, I want to get a hold of God. I mm. want to pray and seek the face of the Lord. We do it maybe with, with our family and we do it together or we do it individually mm. and we establish a personal and a private devotional yes, life. Sir. But that scripture, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Righteous righteous. Man. You can't be somebody who's living in sin and he thinks mm. he's going to pray and God's going to do it because God's is a genie in a bottle and all I got to right, do right. is say, God, do this, do that for me. Come on, man. You know, but we have to be a righteous person yes, living sir. for God, obeying his commandments, keeping his word, and God has promised that he would do it. Mm. And I believe with all my heart, God wants to do that in these last days. Yes, and if we will seek the face of the Lord, God will do it. Amen. He will do it. Amen. I think he's just waiting to do some things that we really want to see God do. There are people out there in the world that's not happy with where they, what they, where they are and what they're mm. into. Mm -hmm. There are people, I believe, that's in sin. I believe there's people that's backslided. I believe there's people that have known God before, and they want to find their way back. And I want you to know the Lord wants you to come back. Amen. That door is wide Jesus. open. Amen. Wide open. God wants you to be saved because that's the will of the Lord. Let me read one more scripture. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Oh, this is rich. This is in, this is in Psalms. This is Psalm 46, 5. I just looked at this just a while ago. I just came across it. 86, 5 of Psalms. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. 86, 5 of Psalms. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, sir. That's like the Lord saying, look, I've got a lot of mercy, a lot of grace, and a lot of love. All you got to do is call on me, yes, and I will do it. And I think that we just need to tell everybody out there that's watching this right now mm. yes. that this church, praise the Lord, wants to help you any way you need help. Absolutely. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll send you material. We'll come pray, baptize anybody for you. Mm. I won't go into all those details. You well know that we do that. But I just want to say here, God really wants people to be saved. And he, yes, sir. if you're out there and you know you're not where you need to be with God, God wants you to be his child Amen. in the kingdom. And he wants to fill you with his spirit and his love and grace and goodness and get you on the road to heaven because the Lord's coming back soon for you. Yes, 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 sir. Amen. 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 That's so good. Yes. Well, we were talking with Bishop Myers, and we're talking with Brother Morgan. Yes. And we're talking about prayer and how it affects us during this season that we're yes. in, but also how prayer relates to us in three different generations that are represented here. We're so glad for many of you that are joining uh, Sonia and Joan and uh, Doxy Morgan Smith and Jeffrey Morgan. Do you know Jeffrey Morgan? You know, I think I do. I think I know him pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's Pastor Morgan. That is uh, Brother Dylan Morgan's father. That's right. I give a shout out to you and thank you for allowing your son to be with us. And he's oh, okay. been a tremendous blessing uh, already. But uh, Sister Barbara Basden, Charles and Stacy Robinette joining us from Germany. <laughs> Love oh, you guys. Hello, hello. We're so glad y'all are with us as well. And uh, Rudy and Alexis and Kimberly and uh, Farah and Lori Lewis and so many of you that are joining online. We're so glad that you have joined us. If you have uh, any questions or any way that you want to comment or interact uh, with us here in the panel that we're discussing tonight, the subject of prayer, then uh, we invite you to just join us. 
and uh, we'll have a great time as we talk about how we can be more effective in our prayer time uh, during this season. And I believe if we're more effective during this season, it'll carry over. It will. Absolutely. Once we have that as a discipline in our life, it doesn't have to go away when the virus goes away. But to that point, Brother uh, Dylan, let me ask you this question. You're 22 years old? 23. 23 years old. How do you establish, I think, I think that prayer is a lot like physical exercise. It's like everybody knows they need to do it more. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. everybody believes it's good. I don't know if anybody that's against <laughs> prayer that's a Christian. Right. And everybody's like, yeah, we need to pray more, but we just, we don't have to do it. How, as a young man, do you get that uh, prayer discipline in your life? Uh, you know, as he referenced Psalms, I want to reference David. If you look at the book of Psalms, David's life starts out as he praised him in the morning. And then he prays him in the morning and then the afternoon. And then he prays him in the morning, the afternoon. And, and, and if you look at the progression of David before, before Psalms is over, he said, well, I, you know, I praise him from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. So this is, in my opinion, how prayer should be established in a young man, young lady's life. If you start with five minutes, it'll turn into ten. If you're diligent to five minutes a day, It'll grow. If you're diligent to five minutes a day, next thing you know, you're going to be praying 10 minutes a day. Absolutely. Because once you begin to, this is the best way, mm. this is the way that I've always been taught prayer, and this is the way that I believe. Uh, when I go to my dad, I don't go to him begging. I don't go to him pleading for things. He's my father. Mm-hmm. I don't have to plead. And if we are truly his son, and we are truly his daughters, then I believe that when we begin to develop that relationship with him, it becomes less of a coming and begging and more of a communication. Mm-hmm. Um, many have heard my Uncle Mark tell stories of Sister uh, Chenault, Sister Marilyn mm-hmm. Chenault. Yeah. And one of the greatest stories is uh, her prayer life, she said, started uh, when Brother Chenault would leave for work all day, come back late at night. And they lived out in the country. She was alone. She was, she was just lonely. And so she said she was praying one day, doing dishes, and... She began to just tell, Lord, I'm lonely. You know, I wish you could send me a friend. And that sliding glass door down the hallway opened up. And she, she, she starts hearing these footsteps coming down the hallway. And she thinks Brother Chenault is home. And he starts saying, you know, are you home? Are you home? And, and nobody answers. And then all of a sudden, this chair pulls out at the table. And the, the seat cushion indents. And she hears the audible voice of God. And she said, the, the, the word of the Lord was this to Sister Chenault. I get lonely and want to talk to people too. And she said every day for the rest of her life, her friend would open the door and sit at the table and they would talk with one another. So it's, uh, it's, it's wow. in my mind, the best way for prayer to become effective daily is when it shifts from becoming, this is something I have to do, to it becoming, I'm going to talk with my friend today. Sure. Yeah. The Bible says that Abraham was the friend of God, and he had such uh, uh, he he had such just say it like this corn in the crib with the Lord that that when he was going to send fire that that you, you talked about it just the other day he was able to change his mind mm-hmm. and give a little space of grace for his family to come out. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of relationships that it shifts from. I'm not having to do this. I'm going to talk with my friend today, gotcha. and whether I get to talk with him for ten minutes or an hour, I'm going to sit down and give my friend time today. Wow, that is rich. 
Was there a was there a particular time in your life where you really developed that that prayer time? Absolutely. Um, for me, uh, it was when I was living in Louisiana, uh, and I was working with a pastor by the name of Dwight Fulton, great man of God. Pastors a powerful church in Bastrop, Louisiana, and uh, I was living by myself, and and through that, a lot of loneliness, a lot of time alone, and um, in that season of loneliness. Waking up in the morning, didn't have my family. Granted, I was 17 when I left home, and you know I had my 18th birthday on staff at a church, so <laughs> that ought to tell you. And, and it was, but it was in that season that waking up alone, going back to the to the trailer, uh, you know, when work was done with the church, when I was done helping Brother Fulton, that time loneliness is a gift, and I think that when when especially my generation, we get alone. We begin to enter quickly into depression or anxiety. We begin to give uh, give that time away, and I say that very uh, I say that on purpose because we try to fill that time mm-hmm. with social media. We try to wow. fill that time with friends, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying any of that's wrong. Right. But we have to use that gift of loneliness, as this is God in my early years wanting me to carve out time of prayer. That's right. Because when I get to a point in life where maybe my life's going to get so busy with the kids and, and a wife and that, that maybe I won't be, I'm not saying that you lose that time, but, right. but life gets busy. And I'm learning busy, yeah. that as I, as I, I'm 23, I'm learning as I get a little, I'm not older, but as I, as I get a little bit older, mm. I'm learning life, life is getting busy. Right. And there is so much that God taught me and, and I, I, I'm getting chills and it's hard for me to get choked up thinking about those mm. times, but there were so many times where I would sit on, on my couch and I would just lean back and it wasn't about travailing. It wasn't about strong intercession, but I would just weep in his presence. Mm. And those are times that I can look back on right now and still draw strength from. Absolutely. Because that's when God was saying, that is you developing your friendship with me, your relationship with me. And that's what I feel. We have to take the time where we feel alone, where we feel depressed. A lot of times when we feel those things, I feel like we need to realize it's God saying, I'm calling you to the cave, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Right. I know you feel alone. He told the Lord there is nobody else. So clearly he was feeling loneliness in that cave. Mm-hmm. And that's when he had that still small voice experience. Right. So loneliness is the gift and the call to prayer that we must recognize. Wow. You know, Bishop, as uh, Brother Morgan was talking, I was thinking about how that's really the season that we're in now. Yes. A lot of people are lonely because a lot of things have been stripped out of their life. Yes. You know, people don't have amusement parks and sports and all these other things. They're not necessarily going to work. They may be working from their home. Mm-hmm. Some people are by themselves. They're in this, you know, stay in place shelter in their home. <laughs> There's a lot of loneliness. There's people that are concerned about mental health. Is actually this a unique time for people to strengthen their relationship with oh, God? Oh, absolutely. It's that loneliness sometimes, that lonely era that we learn to get close to God and you know, mm-hmm. draw close to Him. If I can use this for a personal illustration. Absolutely. You mentioned about Him being a young man getting saved and everything. You know, I was saved at 16 years old. Five months later, I just turned 17. And God had put it on my heart. He had called me into the ministry and had put it on my heart to go to St. Paul, to go to Bible school there, you know, same the Apostolic Bible Institute. And uh, so I had written up there and they'd accepted me and so forth. I got on a Greyhound bus in Tampa, Florida. 
when I was just turned 17 years old. And my mother and my dad were there at the, at the station. And my mother had given me two shoe boxes, one full of boiled potatoes and one through boiled eggs and cookies. And she'd given that to me as my food to take just so that, you know, I won't get hungry, you know. And I had some money in my pocket to pay my tuition and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I got on that, that bus and my mother put her hand on that bus and just followed it along with tears streaming down her face, seeing me off knowing I was too young to be going. But I said, no, God has called me. I'm going to go, wow. you know, and everything. And I went off up to St. Paul and everything. And I'm gonna tell you what, I learned to pray up there. Mm -hmm. I, I had, there's a lot of lonely times mm -hmm. that I had, and I learned to pray. I got a job working in Montgomery Ward. And uh, when everybody else had gone home, and I was still working, because I was the janitor, I was the one that cleaned up everything. I'd go sometime, when I had my break, I'd go to this window that looked out toward Minneapolis. I'd stand in front of that window, and I'd just pray <clears throat> and worship and talk to God. I'd say, God, mm -hmm. I'm here because you impressed me to come here. I'm studying your word. I, have, I know I'm in your will. Be with me. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going get, to get through it all. If I told you more details about it, you'd say, I don't know how to work you ever made it. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying that prayer, prayer, praise the Lord, is what got me through it. Right, and right. I developed a relationship with the Lord that was just beautiful and has been with me all my life. Wow. Now, Years later, 20 some odd years later, when my daughter, later when I got married and had, a, and I had my daughter and she went to Bible school up there, I went up there to see her and I went back to Montgomery Ward and went back up to that seventh floor. Oh, wow. And I went to that window knowing that they had all, everybody had already gone out and I knew my way around. And I stood there that 20 some odd years later and I looked out that window and I just wept and said, Jesus, you brought me through everything. Mm. If I wow. asked and you did it, and, and if, if I called on you, you never forgot me. You never left me high and dry. And I will say this to anybody. If you will seek the face of God oh, and call on him mm. and make God your friend, Jesus. he will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be your friend and he'll be with you all the time. And he's still that. He's yes, still sir. He's been my friend mm -hmm. all those years. And that's been many years ago itself, you know. So I'm just trying to say here today that Jesus Christ loves us more than we'll ever realize. Yes, sir. And sometimes when we go through loneliness or we go through quiet times or these times when we're by ourselves, it's for God to draw close to us and us to draw close to him. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants to do. If we will do that, it's amazing what mm -hmm. God will do yes. in each of our lives. Yeah. Amen. Wow, Bishop, that's so rich, yes, so good. You know, I was thinking as you were talking about how so many times people think that God reacts the same way that maybe friends or peers or yes. other people react. Yes. But it's been said, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, that when sometimes people distance themselves from you, God comes closer to oh, you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's easy to miss those moments yes. because yes, we're sir. focused on the loss of a relationship or the loss yep. of a friend or even maybe the loss of our health. But during those seasons, God does not distance himself. He no. comes close. He comes close. You know, the Bible says, um, Psalmist David was saying that, you know, I've been young and now I'm old, mm -hmm. but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Right. Or it's seed begging bread. That's right. Now, you've been young 
and now you're not so young. <laughs> <laughs> I like where you said. So what would you what would you say that you have seen over the years and would be your advice to Brother Dylan's generation and my generation? Oh, I would say I would say definitely to get close to God and hold fast to the Lord and to make prayer a very important thing and make the word of God a very important thing. Yes, now, sir. those old sail ships, I mean, men, you know, now we have steam ships and all that, but years ago they only had sail ships. Right. They've had sail ships for thousands of years. They've sailed the ocean mm -hmm. blue with sail ships. Right. Sails will pick up the wind and take you across an ocean. Mm -hmm. But you've got to have a rudder in the water to determine where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. Because you'll go wherever the wind will send you or wherever you, the ship will wind up on some distance shore, you don't know where you are. But you've got to have that rudder in the water. Now, God has given us His Spirit. His Spirit will send us. The Spirit mm -hmm. of God was in Christ and it sent Him. And the Bible talks about us having the Spirit in us and it sends us, praise the Lord, into the world, you know, to preach the gospel and so forth. Right. Now, we also have to have the Word of God Sir. That is our rudder in the water that mm -hmm. stabilizes us. Wow. So what we have to have today is the Spirit of God, and we have to have the Word of God. Mm -hmm. In that old tabernacle plan, there was the candlestick that had the fire and the candles and the flames and so forth. It had the oil in it that represented the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And then there was also the table of showbread, yes, which was represented the Word of God, the bread of life. So you had both those pieces of furniture in the old tabernacle that represented that the church and God's people must have the word and you must have the spirit. And we cannot just have the word, otherwise we're like a ship in the water with a rudder down, but we're not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> right. But if we right. have the spirit yes, and sir. we don't and we don't have the rudder in the water, we'll end up somewhere in shipwreck someplace. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We have to have both. So I'm just trying to say, I think this is what this generation needs. That's what my generation had to have. Mm. That's what your generation had to have. The Word and the Spirit, because the Word will always keep us on the right track. Yes, but the Spirit, praise the Lord, to give us that fire, give us that drive, that determination. it give us a desire to want to do something for God. Yes, and God wants us to do it. Amen. He wants us to do it. Today is the yes, day sir. of salvation. Today is, the today. Day. today is the day that God wants to do a great work in the land. Amen. Wow. Praise so the Lord. Good. Yes, sir. Praise God. Christina asked this question, and we'll start with you, Brother Adela, and then Bishop. Is there a specific way or an effective way that we should pray for our lost children and prodigals during this time or certain verses to focus on? In terms of praying for lost family members, and is there a specific way that you think is most effective? Wow, that's a uh, that's a great question, and I'll be honest with you, I, that's something that um, I'm going to have to pass on to Bishop if that's okay. Absolutely, I, I, I don't want to give I don't want to give an inaccurate answer. <laughs> okay, Bishop, what do well, you think? Well, I would say absolutely, you want to pray and uh, pray to God, and just like the Bible says, call on Him, mm -hmm. ask Him. I mean, make it, you can do this. A person can do this. They will say, I'm going to pray about this one subject. I'm, I'm doing that right now. I have a certain subject or thing or thing I'm praying about. It's a person. Mm -hmm. It's a person. And I'm, I'm praying for them. They, they have some problems. They have difficulties. And I'm praying for them. Every day I pray for them. Mm. I don't let a day go by. I pray for them in the morning. I pray for them in the evening. And if I pray sometime during the middle of the day, I'll pray for them. I'll always wow. include that prayer. 
Now, we can do that. If you've got a loved one, just keep praying to God. Say, God, save them. Save them. Mm. You know, rattle rattle the cage or whatever you do. Mm. Just shake them up a little bit. And just say, but Lord, I want you to save them. And just really mm. talk to God. And God is able to do that. Yes, he is. I, I knew a brother that was a drunkard. And his mother was a Pentecostal woman. And... Uh, he spent time in a bar. He was a great car salesman and could just work half a day and make as much money as the average guy made working all the time. But he's a drunkard alcoholic. And uh, his mother got on her knees one day and she said, Lord, I want you to save my son. I don't know what I have to do, but I'm going to just. And she decided that she was going to pray for him and pray for him and pray for him and pray for him until something happened. Mm. And he says that one day he was in a bar Wow. He was drinking and said the Spirit of God came on him. Wow. And he started just shaking all over. Wow. And he said, my Lord, what's happened to me? Mm. And he got nervous and scared and he put the drink down. He went out, he went home. He, he went into his apartment and he said, I fell on my face in the carpet. I felt it all over me. And I felt, and I got on my face in the carpet. I was drunk and I was praying and I was calling. I said, God. I don't know what's happening, but I know you're talking to me and you're dealing with me. You know, That's because his mother prayed for him. Absolutely. So I'm going to say just keep praying. That man came to the Lord, found God, was baptized with the Holy Ghost, and became one of our preachers and spent many of his years in Skid Row in New Orleans preaching to those drunkards wow. and alcoholics down there because that's what he had, was familiar with mm -hmm. and saved many souls out of it. Hallelujah. I feel Thank the presence you, of God just seeing it. But I want you to know yes. here today that God absolutely wants to save your loved ones. Yes, he so does. Pray for them with all of your heart, all of your soul. Just make it a dedication. And I'm telling you, God said in his wow. word, ask and he would do it. You yes. know, seek him and he'll find it. Yes. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person. The Bible says man, but we know that refers to just a person. Yeah, mankind. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous individual, God will grant it. Amen. I just had a scripture come to my, yes. my mind on that. It was uh, it's Luke 18, 5. It says, Yet because the widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual That's coming yes. she will weary me. Yes, mm -hmm. right. So, can I, I want to ask a question. Is there a way that we can, like just like you're talking about, we can yeah. approach him so much in prayer yeah. with yeah. the same thing that he yeah. says, You know what? Because of their consistency, yeah. I'm going to answer the prayer. Yeah. And it's it's almost you know Hannah when she went when she went in and began to pray the Bible said that the priest got so irritated because yeah. <laughs> her prayer was drowning out the preacher mm. and so fervency as you were just yes. saying and consistency yes you know just just continually going in prayer what does that scripture mean uh, Bishop and Brother Morgan you can jump in on this too about uh, pray without ceasing. I think it means to pray on a regular basis. Now, we know we, you can't pray 24 hours a day, you right. know, so it's not referred to that. But it's praying uh, in the morning, praying in the evening, praying again tomorrow, praying the next day, praying on a regular basis, pray, you know. Have a time to pray. Mm. I think it's a good time to have a time to pray. Yes, sir. Yeah. A, it's definitely a time of devotion. If we can all have a time of devotion where we study right. our Word and pray the Word, Sometimes we pray, we talk to God, but the word is God talking back to us. Yes, sir. And so we do that. We mix it together. But prayer is a powerful thing, and God wants us to use it. Yes, sir. That's the amazing thing about it. 
God wants us to use prayer. Right. And he, he says in all of his word, ask, seek me, call upon me. Yes, sir. You know, and just as this person said about their loved ones, just take it on your heart. I'm going to pray for my loved one or loved one or loved ones, whichever. Mm-hmm. And just pray for them and pray for them until they, God just shakes their little nest and mm-hmm. rattles their cage and makes them unhappy until they start seeking the Lord. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Amen. And God can do those kind of things, you know. So I just encourage anybody to ask God to save your loved ones, and he will. Amen. He will. Praise the Lord. Uh, Brother Dylan, Kimberly asks, how do you teach a new convert how to pray, someone who is unfamiliar with prayer? I think the best prayer to start somebody out that does not know how to pray is the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. That's good. I think, in my opinion, direct them to the Lord's Prayer and let them start there. Mm. Because, again, if you start with five minutes, it's always going to grow to ten. And so if you start with the Lord's Prayer and you're going to start, Lord, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And, you, and then you're going to start realizing about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to start realizing what does it mean to be hallowed in the name. And then, and then you're just going to start dissecting his prayer. Yeah. And then that, that short prayer, before you, you can pray an hour and a half just in right. the Lord's exactly. Prayer if exactly. you really understand it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So that's my opinion. Exactly start right. them in the Lord's Prayer. And if, and if they're hungry, it'll, it'll turn into so much more. Yeah. Absolutely, praise God! Wow, we're talking. With, right. We're talking with Bishop Myers and and uh, we're talking with Evangelist uh, Dylan Morgan. We're talking about prayer and really how to pray effectively, not just during this this time of uh, this coronavirus pandemic, but also how to have that stronger prayer life. Yeah. You know, it only makes sense any relationship that we have uh, on this earth. It's not going to work unless there's communication. Yes, sir. And so, prayer is the way that we communicate. Uh, Bishop, there is a there's an anonymous question from the website that says, "In praying for someone, is it better to pray repetitively or just once and leave it alone, letting God do the rest and having faith take over?" No, it, it, God wants us to do it. Uh, he wants us to keep on praying. That's why He says, "Keep going, keep going yeah. to Him." Now, don't use the same words. Now, He one place He said, "If you say, if you do it re- repetitively in this manner, mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus." Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That's not the way he wants us to pray. He wants us to come to the Lord today to pray and seek the face of the Lord and say, God, save my loved ones. Lord, uh, help me with my work. Help me with my unsaved family. Help me with uh, uh, whatever your problem is that you're asking mm-hmm. God for, financial needs. Uh, and then you do that again in the evening. You go back before the Lord. Lord, help me with this. I ask you to pray. And that's what he means, pray without ceasing. And the repetitive prayer in that fashion, okay. Not just the hum 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 over and over and over. Just say right. that. No, but saying prayers over and over and keep on seeking the face of God. That's what he means whenever he talks about uh, the the widow woman coming to the judge mm-hmm. and just saying, you know, I'm I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm not leaving. And he says, okay, I'm going to answer your prayer, your your, your judgment, brother. And God's going to answer that's our good. prayers. Yeah, praise God. Yeah. So that's, that's my answer for that. Yeah. Uh, Brother Morgan, there's something I believe personally uh, that's really special about your generation. I've had the opportunity to be overseas with a lot of good friends that are in your generation, and I've seen unbelievable move of the Holy Ghost. It seems like there's a boldness, there's a faith, there's a courage that's unprecedented. I remember a couple of years ago when Brother Jerry Jones was preaching at the general conference yes, sir. and he was talking about how this thing is passing to the next generation and uh, the challenges. But then he said, you know, we accept the challenge. 
And I was sitting down front with a lot of young preachers. And uh, it was like, in fact, I think Brother Robinette was down there close to where I was. The, the young ministers came over the chairs and rushed that altar. And it was just like there was there this, it was almost like a, a, a river being turned loose, like you know, it'd been hammed yeah. up, I, I, and yeah. then you just open it, and it just, <laughs> you know, I, I think I jumped like three pews. That that faith, that boldness, that desire that I see so prevalent in your generation, is that born out of prayer, or is there other contributing factors? I think, without a doubt, is I mean, it's born out of prayer. Um, one thing I'm learning uh, about, at least a lot of my friends that that have any type of any type of call on them, um, and everybody's called, um, but they all they're just some praying guys and girls. I, I mean, uh, one young man, Riley Martin, who you had here—that's a man of prayer. Jamie Riviere, man of prayer. Marcus Baptiste, man of prayer. I, I can name so many guys that that are. Maybe not even hit their twenties yet, and all those guys are in their early twenties. They they live in a prayer room, and uh, and I I think that I really feel like that my generation is really understanding the importance of consecration, um, and I I think that you know I won't get into that. There there was a void of that for a little while, but I feel like men are preaching it more. They're preaching about the necessity and, and what it means to be apostolic. Mm-hmm. And and we're hungry for it. We're desiring something greater. We're desiring something more. We were talking just the other day, and, and Bishop, uh, you, you made reference to what a double portion is. Yeah. That it's just having you know that much more over anybody else. Yeah. I think that there is a competitive a, a good competitive edge in the in our generation that's saying, I want that much and more. Mm-hmm. They're saying, I want to see, we've heard the stories. Man, Brother Herod preached such a powerful word at because of the times this right. year. And when he threw those stories on the ground, man, it rocked me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing stories. I'm thankful for them. I want to keep hearing them. But I'm ready to see history be made before my eyes. And, and I think that's where a lot of my generation is at. We're hungry, hungry, hungry for something more. I think there's a lot of Elishas that are willing to follow Elijah around right now saying, let me wash your hands. Mm. I think there's a lot of young men in our movement right now Mm. that are looking for an Elijah. Somebody to Mm. say, let me show you what it means to be a prophet. Let me show you what it means to be a preacher. Bishop, let me show you what it means to dissect this word. Sure, sure. I, I, we've, I, we've been talking about his Bible. I mean, it's just you. It, it's just torn to pieces, <laughs> you and can, it's, you can tell there's been a lot yeah. of study going. There. And, and that I can't tell you how much that's challenged me today. And there's, I think there's so many Elishas, and I know I'm staying on on Elijah, but he's just been heavy on my heart. Mm. That are saying, uh, "Where's my Elijah? Yeah, I'm hungry. Show me what I need to do. I'll wash your hands." I'll tend to what you want me to tend to. But this is what they're also saying. I will not leave your side. I'm not going anywhere because I'm hungry for what you have. Right. So I, I think I think there's there's a group that's just hungry for something more. Wow. Praise God. Bishop, you were talking to uh, Brother Maureen and I and telling us about your interpretation of that. When Elisha said that he wanted a double portion, 
you didn't believe that that meant that he was saying, I want twice as much as you have, Elijah, in some sort of a greedy fashion, but he just wanted twice as much as what was out there. Well, he was talking about the double portion that goes like to the oldest son. Like if there's 12 sons and there would be 13 portions and the oldest son would get two portions, okay? Uh, in, in Elisha's case, uh, he was wanting a double portion because you had those sons of the prophet. And they were over there saying, you know, so good. do this, do that. They were chiding, you know, but they were prophets. They were sons of, they were studying to be prophets and they were, had the spirit of God on them and so forth. But Elisha was saying to Elijah, I want a double portion. I want to be, I want twice as much as that crowd has over there. That's you know, right. Not twice as much as Elijah has. Right. But it would be like Joseph. Joseph, for instance, uh, uh, he received a double portion of Jacob's inheritance. Jacob, you know, had 12 sons. Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. They received an equal share to what all the other sons of right, Jacob right. received. See? So Joseph, in that sense, got a double portion. I see. So it's the same thing. And, and God will give it to us if we call upon him. That means we want mm -hmm. to do it. And God wants to see it in the hearts of, of young men that they want to do something for God. Not for themselves. Right. That's the key. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Not to exalt themselves or to be lifted up or to be somewhat. Wow. But to say, God, I want to do something for you for the glory of God. To Amen. lift up the name of Jesus. And if we will do that, mm. and if young people would reach out for that, yes, sir. God will not disappoint them. He will use them wow. in a great, mighty, wonderful way. Yeah. Wow, God. there's so many questions. I'm going Praise to try to God. address these, but this is really a subject that is in a lot of traction with our yes, audience. Sir. But Donna says, uh, how would you encourage a friend that has lost their faith in God answering prayer because of life's trials? Huh. All right. <laughs> hey, I'm going to refer to the elder for wisdom. I'm, I know I'm still wet behind the ears. <laughs> First of all, I would say that encourage them to, to pray and keep praying. Yeah. Because the word of God is never wrong. It's always right. Mm. And all these scriptures that we read about, ask of him and he will, you know, he will answer. Ask of him. And that the person who is asking God must make sure that he himself or her, her, herself if they're doing right, mm -hmm. you know, you can't go out here and right. just live like you want to live in any kind of a way and say, I'm going to ask God to do this and do that, and God won't do it. Because God is not a genie in the bottle. That's right. That's what I want to emphasize. He just doesn't do things because we ask him. But we have to pray. We, we, that's what prayer is. Prayer is a request of God. It's mm -hmm. asking God for, for to do it. And so if we will pray in that fashion, I believe God is able to answer prayer, and mm -hmm. he will do it. Amen. Praise God. God yeah. will not fail us. And we have to have that faith in him. Amen. Amen. Luke asked, which will you say is more important, the consistency of prayer, the length of our prayer time, or the depth of our prayer, the extent? Or maybe it's just a balance of all of those. What would you say? I think personally, I think you need a balance. Okay. But to me, consistency is key. Okay. I, I mean, Bishop, would you agree? I agree with I, you. I, yes, we have to have the balance. I agree with you. But... I want to know that I've been consistent in my prayer life mm. and in my devotions. Mm. There are some days where, you know, mm. it's been a long day long, and I wake up a little bit later than I should. And I may not get to pray as long as I want to, but I can hang my hat on the fact, okay, I prayed today. I gave God. And then at the end of the day, I'll make up for make what up I couldn't do it. that morning. That's it. You make up for it. But I'm always going to hang my hat on, on, on yeah. trying my best to be consistent. 
Amen. That's the key. Joe asked this question, and this will be our last one. I'm going to ask you, Bishop, to, okay. to after this question, to just close us in prayer All right. and pray. But Joe asked, is there a difference between worshiping and praying? Yes. Uh, praying is asking God for what we want and seeking the Lord. And worship is glorifying God and mm. praising the Lord. In other words, if you're, if you're going to worship, you say, God, you're, you're king of kings. And it's prayer, too. It's prayer. But you say, God, you're king of kings. You're Lord of lords. You're the creator of all the universe. You made the heavens and the sun. I, I, can, I will sometimes spend 15 minutes just telling God how great he is in prayer. And I think all of us do that, mm -hmm. you know. But then sometimes I want to pray and say, God, I need you to answer prayer on this. Or, mm. Would you do this or would you do that? Or uh, I want to pray for a certain brother or a certain, certain sister, whatever mm. the need may be. You know? right. So I think there's a little difference in all those kind of things. Wow, uh, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, but, uh, but any time we spend time talking to God, whichever way you do it, it's going to be right. Wow. Amen. This has been so rich, so yes. powerful. The Word of God... And Praise just getting the, the insight from Bishop and Brother Morgan, I can't thank you enough. And I'm so thankful that God's given us these great voices in our life to be able to help us. Amen. I believe that God, His love for us, gives us people around us to help us to grow Praise and the Lord. To, to go forward and to have that strong relationship with the Lord. So Amen. I would just like to wrap it up. I hate that we're up against the hour, but I would like to just wrap this up by asking you, Bishop, if you wouldn't mind just praying for us and sure. praying for all of our listeners and followers yes. and just praying that God's hand would be Amen. upon us. Sure. Oh, our Heavenly Father, we love Jesus. you so much, Jesus. Thank we thank this, you, Lord, for your goodness, your blessings, your kindness, your mercy, your long-suffering with all of us. Mm. We thank you for the price you paid on Calvary. We're so sorry, Lord Jesus, that you suffered on Calvary, <laughs> but we thank you that you did it for us in our place, Lord. We should have been there, but you did it for us. And we thank you for it, Lord, and we'll never forget it. And we will keep on worshiping you, praising you, and thanking you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Thank you for the promise of eternal life. Yes, thank you, God, that not only do you bless this life and all the things that are in this life, Lord, but you also, Lord, have, a promise, have promised us eternal life. Yes. We thank you for that hope, that promise, and we know, God, by your spirit, you have given us, Lord, the earnest of that life that's yet to come. We glorify you for all things, Lord. Bless this day, this age, this time and period of time that we're in, Lord. Keep your hand on your people. Guide us and direct us in all things, God. We give you the praise and glory in the precious and holy name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Bishop. And we want to remind all of you, don't forget the E-Revival starting tomorrow night with Brother Victor Jackson. You're going to be blessed by his ministry. Tuesday night, it's going to be a tremendous time with Brother Chris Green, Brother Mark Morgan on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Brother Landon Gore, Friday night, Evangelist Josh Herring, and then Brother Morgan will be ministering on Saturday night. So this is going to be a great week, and we just pray that God keeps you Amen. and your family Amen. and that you are safe and that you continue to develop Amen. that relationship with the Amen. Lord. Now may God bless you in Jesus' name.